welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Hey there, greetings from Catalina Island, which is right off of the coast of Los Angeles. I don't have my normal mic set up, so hopefully the audio is good enough for you today. Today's episode is a bit of a short one. I just want to give you a little mental health hack that I think could be really helpful to you as you think about how to optimize wellness in your own life. And the hack that we're going to focus on is the importance of being able to celebrate well with others, of really feeling into what other people are after and celebrating big and deep with them when they accomplish their goals. I'm here in Catalina for the other part of my life, the non-entrepreneurial mental health part of my life, the circus part, the hobby that has become a passion. I'm training with a group of other circus aerialists, and we are training in parks. We're training off the side of a sailboat. It's really quite fabulous. And I am enjoying the time to be with other people who enjoy the same kind of passion project that I do. This return to in-person gathering has been lovely, kind of a little stressful, um, I feel out of rhythm of travel and being with others. Last month, I was able to attend a couple of uh, microconf events with my husband, Rob. So I was able to be in real life, face-to-face -face with fantastic software entrepreneurs in both Portland and Austin. And now this week, a couple of weeks after the microcomps, I'm here in Catalina with the circus folks. So it's been quite a, a reemergence to in real life events. And I've had lots of COVID tests in addition to being vaccinated and wearing masks and all the things. So far, so good for me and for the extended communities that I've been connected to. And there are lots of things that are, of course, wonderful about being back in person. The ability to hug people, the ability to have meandering conversations, right? Most of my conversations during quarantine are sort of time limited. They're like, I booked a one hour Zoom call with someone. But being in real life allows for that sort of 15 minute catch up that can turn into a longer conversation over dinner. There's not the kind of rigidity and structure around interaction that I came to experience, at least with a lot of remote communication. So there's a fluidity to being in person that I think is really lovely and I'm grateful to be re-experiencing. Another wonderful part of seeing people again is, of course, the ability to have shared experiences, to gather over a meal, to share an appetizer plate. We're all in the same place, in the same location, having a similar kind of experience. Those are really important bonding experiences for humans. The shared body togetherness, right? The shared sensation, right? Having the same meal and being able to talk about the intricacies of the taste and the flavor taking a hike together, going on a walk, doing an activity. Shared experience creates connection, whether it's sitting across the table or a side-by-side -side experience where you're, you know, imagine walking side-by-side -side or hiking side-by-side. -side. The experience itself becomes this neutral territory in which to converse or we converse about the neutral experience. And it also becomes shared space between two individuals. 
So I've been grateful to have lots of shared experiences in these times of being able to reconnect in real life. Of course, it's not always easy. I've found that my social skills are a little bit fatigued, let's say, and less practiced at making smooth conversation. And in some of these situations, masks are mandated, whether it's because of the city ordinance or it makes sense in a you know certain location. And that certainly adds a whole other drain to the social interaction because you can't rely on lip reading and these other facial expressions that become really important to translating a message. But the thing that I wanted to focus on today, the thing that I've been thinking about a lot as I've reconnected with these communities is that there is tremendous value in being in a role or in a relationship stance where you are committed to really cheering other people on, to supporting them in their goals, more philosophically being someone who is for other people. And I don't say this in a way of being sort of preachy or moralistic because, you know, I certainly grew up in a context where there felt like there was sort of this deep obligation to be helpful and to make other people happy. And that is not what I'm talking about. That is not necessarily the healthiest stance. It needs a little moderation and temperance. But I'm thinking about it professionally as an entrepreneur to be someone who is really about helping other people be successful. And there are a number of benefits to this, of course. One, it is great glue for relationships. When you are somebody who really understands and is listening for how you can be helpful and supportive, you're listening for what other people are after, what their goals are, what they're chasing down. And maybe you can't even offer practical help, but you're just emotionally, you're rooting for them. You're cheering for them. You are leaning into their success on their behalf. That is great glue, right? It's really connective when you can communicate to someone that you really understand what they want and that you are on board with that helps people to feel really heard and really cared about. And relationship glue is important, of course, a number of ways. Almost every important step in someone's career has some relational foundation. So supporting others is great relationship glue. Second really important part about it is that it kills comparison. You know, when you are really wanting to help other people be successful, when you are rooting for them, you aren't spending so much time or energy comparing yourself to them. You're not thinking about how their business model is better than your business model. You're not thinking about how they're making more money than you. You're not doing that. You are really aligning behind their well-being in a way that kind of takes you out of the equation. I think comparison is really a killer of joy. And I see it happen all the time in the entrepreneurial community and the circus community too, to be honest, where in our attempt to situate ourselves to figure out our business problems. We're looking to others and trying to figure out how it's working for them and maybe trying to figure out why it's working for them and not for us. And I think comparison can become so easy. In some ways, it's a learning tool, so it's not all bad, but it easily gives birth to envy and it easily gives birth to imposter syndrome and it easily can become something that is really toxic and ugly within us. So when we look at the success of other people and we begin to think about ourselves, I deserve that. I could do that. Why do they get that and not me? These statements might sound a little infantile, but we do them all the time. They're just kind of under the surface probably. But when you orient all that energy toward 
the benefit of others, realizing that in the vast majority of cases, other people's success costs you nothing, right? If you're cheering for other people and they're doing well in their business, they're accomplishing their goals, it's usually not at the cost of your goals, right? It doesn't cost you anything to be emotionally invested, supported, helpful, generous, to watch other people succeed. The third reason to be in that cheerleader stance, to be someone who is for others, is that if it can truly bring you joy, it exponentially multiplies the sort of positive experiences in your life. If you have, let's say, 20 friends, and you're really, you're paying attention, you're watching, you're understanding what they're about, what they're doing, what they're trying to accomplish, and maybe you see six of them be successful at accomplishing what they're after, and you can really feel with them, empathetically experience joy with them, cheer them on, really celebrate, be super excited. That's so much more positive experience that you have access to than you would have encountered in your life alone. When we really care, when we're really invested, then we also get to celebrate. We also get to experience those positive benefits of success, of other people's success. When I arrived at this aerial retreat, I came feeling some trepidation. You know, I'm in my mid-40s. I'm not exactly like your typical circus athlete. And a lot of the folks who are at this retreat are teachers. Some of them are kind of semi-professional circus performers. And so I had a lot of messages in my head about like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to keep up? Am I going to be good enough? Am I going to get hurt trying to do something that I'm not really capable of doing? All the things. And so I decided that for the time I'm here, I'm really just going to focus on watching and learning and celebrating the great athleticism and artistry that I see. And so I've been watching people improve. I've been taking photos for people and sending them to them. I've been just trying to be a helpful, supportive celebrator of the beauty of circus. And it really took me out of any kind of sense of my own being in my own head, as I said, that sort of comparison problem, it eliminated the comparison problem. And it also exponentially amplified my joy. Because every time I see someone else nail a hard trick or learn a new skill, I'm celebrating too. I'm going, yes, that's amazing. And the more times that you get to do that in your life, the more times that you want to run up and give a high five, the more times that you truly are deeply celebrating something fantastic. Oh my God, who doesn't want to live there? Who doesn't want to live in a place of celebration? There are a lot of hard things in the world. I'll be the first to tell you. And relationships can be really tricky. Relationships with colleagues, relationships with our family, even relationships with people who have the same hobbies that we have. And it's really normal to kind of jockey for our place in the community to try to figure out where we are on the ladder of success. But the more that we can quickly move past that jockeying phase and move into an empathetic celebratory phase, the better we're going to feel about ourselves, about our communities, about our work, about the people around us. And to be honest, it's a pretty powerful mental health hack to flood the system with as much joy as possible, even if that joy is not necessarily rooted in things that directly affect you. So celebrate others' successes. That's your mental health hack for the day.
if you are curious about my circus journey, uh, feel free to follow me on Instagram. Um, that is obviously the uh, social media platform that is most conducive to posting videos and, and images of circusy things. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.